Welcome to the Real Talk 238 podcast with your host, Denise Lee, an Associate Licensed Counselor and Nationally Board Certified Counselor in the state of Alabama under the supervision of Cotina Stroud. The Real Talk 238 podcast has real conversations concerning taboo topics, which people may find themselves struggling with that may not be discussed, especially in relation to the church. The purpose of the Real Talk 238 podcast is to bring awareness, hope, and encouragement. Having these conversations will shed light on the truth and break the lie of being the only one, being stuck, isolated, and alone because there is someone else who has gone through something similar. Topics discussed on the Real Talk 238 podcast are not a substitute nor does it replace professional medical, psychiatric, psychological, or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is intended strictly for informational and educational purposes only. All right, let's get started. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the second episode of the Real Talk 238 podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I am your host. In episode one, I introduced both myself and the podcast by diving into the reasons why we need to have these conversations of what I call the taboo topics. Well, today, I wanted to dive a little further of why these conversations are needed. For far too long, People have sat in silence, hiding their head in shame over issues concerning mental health that they struggle with. There are individuals who have histories of trauma and feel they have no one to talk to about the traumas they struggle with from their past because maybe they think no one will understand or, worse, no one will care. Then there is the person who struggles with various types of addictions who feels they have nowhere to turn or no one to turn to. What about the person who is vomiting or restricting their food because they are trying to gain some form of control to something they continue to struggle with? In each of these situations, a person will struggle with fear, shame, guilt, and isolation. On the flip side, there are individuals who are observing the person who is struggling with these things, whether it is due to a mental health issue, a past trauma, an addiction or some other devastating factor. Maybe you're the one being observed, or maybe you're the one doing the observing. For the person who is making those observations, they often will only see the surface. Unless the person is close to the individual struggling, what can happen is misjudgment concerning the real cause of what those deep-rooted issues are. The observer may not understand why the person continues to repeat the same behaviors over and over. If we don't begin having these conversations, the reality is the one who is struggling will dive deeper into a world of pain, despair, shame, guilt, loneliness, or even isolation. If light is not allowed to be shed on these conversations, then a person will struggle to find hope. What do you do if you find you're the one struggling? Well, I'm glad you asked. Although the answer is simple, taking the step may not be so easy. The answer is to reach out for help. Find someone you can confide in. If you feel so isolated or what you're experiencing is too painful that you don't feel like anyone will understand, 
then reach out to a licensed mental health therapist. If you observe someone who you think may be struggling, then ask or offer that person support. If you think asking will put ideas in the person's head, well, I assure you those thoughts have probably been cultivating around for a while in their mind. One thing not to do is to tell the person struggling if they need something to call you. Well, guess what? More than likely, that person who's struggling isn't going to call and they're not going to reach out. Instead, be proactive. Check up on them. Some people just need someone to sit in silence with them without giving out advice. If the person chooses to share with you what they've been experiencing, let the person know that you can't imagine what they may be experiencing and thank them for trusting you enough to share their experience with you. When I was in grad school, there was this couple who were guest speakers in one of my classes. This particular couple had experienced several miscarriages and problems with infertility. They were telling the class the struggle they went through and their experiences with how people approached them. I asked the couple if it was appropriate to tell a couple who is going through that same experience that I don't understand what that must be like for them and thank them for sharing their experience with me. To my surprise, the couple began shaking their head with an emphatic yes, saying they wish more people who were trying to be helpful would have just allowed the couple to share without trying to give advice, or the listener saying they were sorry, or trying to input their own experience, thinking it would be helpful, but in actuality, it was only making it worse. In Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37, Jesus gave a great example of what it means to help someone who has been wounded and couldn't have helped themselves. In the parable, the Good Samaritan was the one who found a man on the side of the road who had been wounded so severely by others. He'd been beaten and, you know, very possibly left for dead. Well, the Good Samaritan ministered to the man by pouring oil in the man's wounds and then placed him on the Samaritan's own mule. The Samaritan carried this wounded man to a place where he could continue to get the help that this wounded man so desperately needed. The good Samaritan, he never offered advice. He didn't try to share his own painful story. Instead, he just walked beside the man until he could get the help the man needed. That was it. You know, one of the most vital lessons in this parable is that when we come across someone who is struggling, just like the Good Samaritan, we minister to their needs, their hurts. And if necessary, we carry them for a while and help them to get the help they need. We shouldn't be tearing them down, nor should we gossip about them to other people. Instead, we pray for them. Helping someone who is struggling doesn't mean we have to go into financial strains either, but instead it is using wisdom. So what do you do if you are struggling with the thought that no one else is going through the same thing as you? On the last episode, I talked about the pastor's wife who told me I would be surprised by the number of individuals who had been sexually abused as a child. Well, let's look at another example. Adults who were sexually abused as a child. These individuals may think they were the only ones who had been sexually abused, or maybe they've never met anyone else who had been sexually abused. Well, let's take that example of adults who were sexually abused as a child. 
These individuals may think they were the only ones who had been sexually abused, or maybe they've never met anyone else who had been sexually abused. Here are their statistics on adult survivors of sexual abuse. One out of three to four women and one out of five to six men will have been sexually abused by the time they reach age 18. So let's take those statistics, those ratios, and put them into perspective of the belief of the pastor's wife that I would be surprised how many adult sexual abuse survivors there are who attend church. So say you attend a church with 50 adults. This doesn't count children or teens. So say 30 women and 20 men who are members of your church. Out of those 50 men and women, there's a strong likelihood that seven to 10 women and four to five men in this church will have been sexually abused as a child before they reach the age of 18. All right, so let's increase the number of adult members. Say 100 adults, 60 women, and 40 men. Well, that would mean that out of 100 adults at your church, there are probably 15 to 20 women and 8 to 10 men who had been sexually abused as a child by the time they reached 18. And let's increase the number up. Let's go up to 300 adults. That's 200 women and 100 men. This would mean that 50 to 66 women and 20 to 25 men were sexually abused as a child before age 18. So as you can see with these examples I gave of various church sizes, no, I'm not surprised at all. The reason why it seems so surprising and sobering is these conversations aren't happening, or maybe they are happening, but they are not happening very often, which can cause a person to have those feelings of isolation, defeat, guilt, shame, and loneliness. When we can feel less isolated, we can find hope. And when we can find hope, then God can bring the healing we all so desperately need. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Do you hear that? It is that now faith, not yesterday's faith, not last week's faith, not last month's faith, but it is now faith in this present moment. You may not see the healing yet, and you may not feel the healing yet, but it is that now faith which will bring the healing we have not yet seen. That is some intense thought right there, man. So as we come to a close, I just want to say thank you for being a part of this podcast. My goal is to bring light on challenging topics, which in turn will help to cultivate healing. I want to remind you to give yourself grace. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. If you know someone who is struggling, share this episode with them. Next time on the Real Talk 238 podcast, I will have my first guest who will be discussing depression and bullying. And I can just tell you right now, man, I had chills in that interview. You don't want to miss this. Have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Real Talk 238 podcast for this week's episode. If you have enjoyed this episode of the Real Talk 238 podcast, please subscribe so you will be notified when new episodes are released. If you would like to leave a comment or there is a topic you would like discussed on the Real Talk 238 podcast, you can drop an email at therealtalk238 at gmail.com. 
You can also find The Real Talk 238 podcast on Facebook and Instagram listed as at The Real Talk 238. As a reminder, The Real Talk 238 podcast is not a substitute, nor does it replace therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or a qualified licensed mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or mental health disorder. Until next time, have a blessed day.